the hell is going on out here? Yo, this is private property. Not safe to be doing whatever the hell you do. Corey Cunningham. What you doing out here, you ugly motherfucker? Corey, stop it. You gonna scare all the kids. You stop. I don't know who the fuck you talking to, but, uh... I know who you are. Yeah, I know the Lord Stroll story. She teased the man with brain damage and then he snapped. Look at you. You gonna make a little name for yourself now, huh? Walking around with this dumb bitch right here. You never shut up. You hear his voice everywhere. Oh, you goddamn right you do. And once Willie get in the air, it's like your favorite song stuck in your head. <laughs> y'all get the hell up off my property before I fuck y'all up. Welcome to Blood and Black Rum Podcast Halloween 2022 Special. This year we're Craven some Cronenberg. We're bringing you Wes Craven and David Cronenberg movies all Halloween season from September to October 31st. Experience the visceral thrills with movies like A Nightmare on Elm Street, Rabbit, Last House on the Left, and more. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from Cultsploitation.com, and I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. How's it going? We're good. It's um, We're nearly there. We're almost to that spooky holiday that everyone loves, and we've spent uh, two months on. And technically, we hit the end of our Halloween coverage uh, last episode with our, um, our episode on uh, Dead Ringers. And we finished up our Craven some Cronenberg series, but... We decided we wanted to come back for an extra bonus episode, and we um, always do. Yeah, absolutely. There's it always seems to be that there's like one special thing that we want to cover each Halloween. So of course we had to come back and do a special bonus episode for you. And not only that, there's um like there's one more week in um this series than we normally have. So we were able to get in like nine episodes instead of the usual eight. So it all worked out serendipitously. As we wrap up, we already did the eulogy to the end of this franchise. I mean, as uh, this marathon, but mm-hmm. just in my head, we I just have the graduation song playing right now. Like, as we go, <laughs> you know, we remember. We're remembering all those Craven some Cronenberg hits that we covered. All those miserable films <laughs> we watched together. <laughs> That's not true. They weren't all miserable. You covered that pretty succinctly in the last episode when you went over everything that you liked and disliked and stuff like that. But. You did too, mm-hmm. so don't, don't sell yourself short. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Well, we of course, we had to come back because there is uh, one more movie for this Halloween that should be the reason for the season, right? It should be like the exciting thing that um, basically conjures all horror fans to come together and say yes i can't believe that we have this uh, uh, to watch this halloween and i think for a lot of people there was a little bit of excitement uh, clamoring for this this film um however it was kind of tempered by the previous release in this series uh the expectations were kind of dashed you had to lower them quite a bit and say all right well that was a misstep but maybe this new movie is going to be a little bit better so, of course, we're talking about Halloween Ends, the uh, finale in the trilogy from David Gordon Green, um, who has brought us some <laughs> very 
Uh, Tepid. Huh? Tepid. Well, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. what I was going to say is, you know, some um, some good, some bad mm. for the Halloween series. Um, so we're getting the facts of light this time. Yeah, you take the good, you take the bad. Uh, you take them both and then you have Halloween ends. <laughs> I guess, right? <laughs> Mostly bad. Take a lot of the bad. Take a little bit of the good. Take a lot of the bad. Put it all together and then you have Halloween ends. Um and, you know, if you listen to our previous episode from last year when we did Halloween Kills, and actually, you know what? Kind of surprising that it only came out last year. Because, um, to be honest with you, I did not remember a whole lot about Halloween Kills until I went back and rewatched it for this episode. Because I did watch Halloween Kills before <clears throat> I watched Halloween Ends. I just thought it was going to be a good way to get myself prepared for what's going to happen in Halloween Ends. And then it turns out that doesn't really matter at all. It's one of my favorite uh, cinema experiences because when I saw Halloween Kills, I saw it in theaters, and I was the only soul in there. <laughs> you were, you were the sole individual, and yeah, that's a good way to see it in theaters. You got the whole thing. Whole, it's like a personal theater for you. It's great. Yeah, you we had the guys. The you, you know, the projectionist coming down, sweeping up the lobby. What'd you think? I'm like. Yeah, it was something. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad, too. This guy was probably really excited about it. Like, what'd you think, man? What'd you think? Well, I saw it, too, like, a couple weeks. Because we did it late, like like we did with Halloween Ends. I think Halloween Kills came out a little bit yep. uh, earlier. And so, uh, when I went to see it, I saw it, like, at a matinee on the week, uh, weekday, too. So, it's not it makes like sense that there wasn't a lot of people there. Yeah, yeah. But it was just great because he's like, "Hey, what, so what'd you think of it?" And it's like, hey, it's it's a it's a Halloween film, right?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, I mean, I like that you say that too. It's a Halloween film. It's, I, I think that a lot of people, you know, they're kind of um, they feel nostalgic. They're feeling, well, they're, yeah, they're nostalgic and they're feeling disappointed about the fact that this didn't live up to their expectations. But we have to remember that. And we did the Halloween series in full throughout our marathon one previous Halloween. There's a lot of duds in the Halloween series. I mean, and you pointed that out to me as we were talking about this off off uh, the record. Um, that you know the movies that you go back to for the Halloween series are pretty pretty small. You only you go through a narrow window of movies that you actually <clears throat> want to watch for the Halloween season or like go go and revisit. The others, you'd rather forget that they exist. <laughs> and I think that, that, you know, that makes sense. And it's, that's kind of the nature of having a, a series that has so many sequels. And the same occurs with Friday the 13th. There's, you know, we, we haven't gone through the entire series on the podcast, but we did do uh, a number of them. And there are only a few that are really worth returning to um, on a, on a <clears throat> repeating basis. I hate, I hate to, well, I don't hate to cross-promote. Uh, we're not affiliated with them, but if you're familiar with Red Letter Media, uh, their review of Halloween Ends, which I would suggest to check out after you listen to our superb review, uh, where they kind of poke fun at that, of like people being upset about this film as a bastardization of the Halloween franchise, and then they kind of point out, like, out of like the 11, 13 films or whatever, like eight of them are bastardizations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like... <laughs> You know, you're not. It's not that you know unusual. Like I, I, that whole bit in that review that they did, they did for it. I was fucking laughing hysterically. I'm like, it's true. Like, you know. Yeah. So I mean, as disappointing of a film this is, to be like insult, like feel like 
at least in my opinion, if you're insulted by this film, that, that you, when Ryan said last week when we were doing Dead Ringers, you know, the yuppie of the horror films that we did this year. Um, <laughs> and he was saying, people look down on horror and don't see it as high art. Well, you know, the Halloween franchise, when you look at it, if you think it's like high art, I mean, it's fine to like it and all, but if you think it's like high art, well, hate to tell you, it's not. Right. And, <laughs> you know, and, but I think, I guess one of the reasons why people did have high expectations for this is because a lot of people really did like Halloween 2018. Um, and we're... Us included. Yeah, us included. We we definitely found Halloween 2018 to be a pretty good movie. Um, uh, one that was captured the nostalgia of the originals that kind of was lightning in a bottle for the for David Gordon Green and, um, you know, basically captured everything that you were looking for in a Halloween movie uh, remade. And so I think coming off of that and going into Halloween Kills... Halloween Kills literally killed the expectations of a lot of people because it it lost a lot of the momentum <laughs> from the original Halloween 2018, um, doing a lot of things that making a lot of decisions that you know were obviously not great, um, you know, sidelining into like more hokey territory than we were used to from like 2018. 2018 had humor, but it definitely didn't get into like extreme cheesiness like Halloween Kills did. And it was just really difficult to take that movie seriously in any capacity because it kind of um, went really, really too far uh, with the like societal uh, themes that it tried to bring to the table and stuff like that um, with what it tried to do with, with Michael. And one other thing that I mentioned about uh, Kills, I think, on, on the podcast, on the show, is that it, it was really writing into a corner. When you get to that point with, with Michael where he's like an all-encompassing, um, powerful being, there's not much more you can do with it. What, do you, what else are you going to do with him? And so you're written into a corner and kills. What do you do with ends? Um, and how do you end it? That was the big question when at the end of kills, which really did not bring us to any sort of cliffhanger finale of what, you know, like what was going to happen in ends. Um, it just kind of left it open-ended, and you're like, wow, how are they going to end this movie? How are they going... How is... How is this trilogy going to be the definitive end for Michael Myers where um, all of the sequels in the past have not been? And what do you do with that? And I think that's, you know, that 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 left a big question mark for Halloween ends. Like, what are you going to do with that? And people really wanted to see an ending to this that would be sort of definitive um, to effectively end Jamie Lee Curtis's roles as Laurie here to like kind of like put a you know, put a bookend there and put a bookend with what Michael can do and how they are going to stop him. And I don't think that we get very much of that. And the film goes in a very different direction than I think most people were expecting. And one that, while I don't think would be, you know, would be terrible um, if it was like a standalone film. And, I th- and we'll talk about what that means, like f- in, in the terms of a standalone film versus one in the Halloween trilogy. I don't think it's an effective movie um, on its own or as part of the Halloween series. And so I think that's really the biggest misstep that we can say about Halloween ends. And I think we'll, we'll probably go more into that as we get into the, the show and, and talk about specifics in the movie. But as an introduction, I don't think 
either of us really like this movie. And I can say, you know, before we, we get into our review and, and how we feel about it, I can say that I don't f- see myself returning to this movie, like, ever again. Um, maybe watch it once down the line, like, eh, was it really as bad as I think it was? <laughs> Something like that. But I, pr- I don't have any desire to, like, see this movie ever again. You know, uh, as I say, you know, it's <clears throat> Rob Zombie sitting at home doing like the, I did it! Yeah. <laughs> I've succeeded. Like, like he's like outlasted the hate because it's, you know. People, uh, people are because, finding things to like about my movies again. Because like, like after this one, like, you know, he even posted the meme that I sent to you of people like, you know, the nerd meme of like 2007, Rob Zombie single-handedly killed the Halloween franchise and then like, 2022, Rob Zombie single-handedly saved the Halloween <laughs> bridge. You know, it's know. how Luke, it's how Lucas felt vindicated with people after like being so pissed off about the Last Jedi when that came out, and Rian Johnson just kind of fucking Star Wars up for everybody. Everyone's like, "Hey, you know what? Maybe Attack of the Clones isn't that bad." And Lucas is like, "I told you, it's all, it was all coming to plan." It's all about perspective, right? And the perspective <laughs> as Halloween Ends releases is like, wait a second, maybe that unicorn wasn't <clears throat> as fucked up as I thought in Rob Zombie's original. Which makes sense, too, because forever everyone hated Halloween 3 because it wasn't with Michael Myers, boo-boo-bee-boo, and then after, you know, I think right after Rob Zombie's Halloween, people started being like, hey, you know what, that movie's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's got Tom Atkins in it, for God's sakes. Yeah. Um, let's take a break real quick before we really get into that, because I do want to dive into that idea. Um, but first, let's talk about the the beer that we have on the show today, because you did you you spent some time uh, like rectifying a wrong that you made. <laughs> let's talk well, about thought, that. I was gonna say I think that wrong though is kind of brilliant because it would have been like the film, like you know. That's true. It, That's true. It, it was it was you know poetry symmetry there. You know it it was all rhyming. Yeah. Well, I had sent Martin a text, and he was like, well, um, what did you want to do for beer on the show for this time? And I said, um, you know what? I think I, I really wanted to do uh, Lord Hobo's Doom Sauce, which we hadn't had before. It's a black IPA, and it was it kind of comes out for around the Halloween season because it has, like, the Grim Reaper on it and stuff like that. Uh, it, a Grim Reaper with, like, hops for a head. I don't think we've even done Lord Hobo on here before. Yeah, I don't know if we have either. Um, so, like, that, like I said, it would have been, been a pretty cool thing. So Martin goes to the... The beer store. He uh, looks at what they've got, and he sends me a text. And both of both of the beers that he asked if it was what I wanted were wrong for one thing, <laughs> and I was busy, so I didn't see the text. And then he was like, "All right," he got them, and it ended up being uh, Juice Lord Double IPA. So um, it was a, it's not, a it, no, it's not double. It's just an IPA. Oh, an IPA. So it was it was one that we hadn't had before, which is you know it's fine. And I was like, "All right, we'll make do." But it definitely was not even close to what. We had talked about uh, previously, so um, we were like, "I was like, all right, well, I guess we'll go with it. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, we didn't get the doom sauce. It's fine, it, and it doesn't even have to be thematically accurate <laughs> for the movie." Which is fine though, because as you all know, the couple of times we have done black IPAs, I'm not the biggest fan of them. So mm-hmm. you know, what? it's like, boo dodge. <laughs> well, instead though, you actually ended up going to the beer store again today. And uh, you found a different beer that would was m- much more thematically appropriate for a Halloween uh, episode. And, and you want to say what that is? 
We got, uh, well, I got uh, Beer Tree, which we've had several times on this podcast. Uh, and we have done, I think basically almost everyone we've done has been one of their sours, because that's kind of the big thing that they're known for is their crazy sours that they do. I mean, we've done their Oktoberfest and some other things. But, you know, one of the ones that comes to mind is when we did, like, the passion fruit, dragon fruit sour that they did. Which was amazing, one of the best beers I've ever had in my life. You know, um, it's their Trippy series, <clears throat> and this uh, uh, Trippy series, uh, well, this Trippy beer, I should say, is in line with the holiday because it has some spooky artwork on it, but it's also uh, got candy in it. It's Trippy treats, and it's a the fruited sour with Skittles. Even though uh, the artwork on the bottom is basically Skittles and gummy worms. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. to confuse you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know why they put the gummy worms on there. Which, uh, surprisingly, seeing as we're so close to the to the season, the fact that this just basically came out like a week, week and a half ago, this close to the season, it's pretty surprising. Hmm. Um, I don't know how limited it's of a run they're, it's having, you know, if they, how long they plan on having it out. But when I saw it, I had to have it because their sours are delightful and I love them. And the fact that this one has Skittles in it is just delightful. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll, actually, you know what, to, to comment on the gummy worms, it looks like um, this is like a standard label that they're going to be using for uh, all their trippy treats. So I would assume we're going to have a gummy worms one coming out pretty soon um, because the Starburst. Which I'm all for. Yeah. The pink Starburst one uh, that they released along with the uh, Skittles one, it also has the same label and um, it does have star like this trippy treats also has Starburst on it too. So I, I assume that we're going to be getting a gummy worms one at some point and then probably uh, all of the starburst flavors at some point too right like grape starburst uh, whatever other ones like blue raspberry starburst stuff like that that would be delightful if that yeah. were the case yeah so i think we're going to probably get them at some point and th- that's a collection that i'm going to want to collect of course uh what like with these types of like series they're way more addicting they're like fomo addicting it's like Fuck, I missed one of those trippy treats. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, oh, damn. I, I wanted to collect. I wanted to get them all. Um, it's like having one of Artisanal's Warheads. And I know. didn't get, like, the one, you know, yep. like, oh, I didn't get the sour apple. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah, it's addicting. It's addicting to, like, <laughs> have to chase all these down. Yep. So, um, yeah, we did. We got the Skittles one. And uh, it is a really good... Uh, sour. It's you know it, their trippy their trippy series in in general um, is really good. You'll notice that they have like an extremely um, uh, thick mouthfeel to them. Like they're they're kind of uh, they're kind of slushy like, but they also I don't think they're using a lot of lactose in these, but they're still very thick um, on the the palate. And I, I like that a lot from these trippy beers. Um, we've had a couple different trippies now. Um, we had that one that I wasn't a like the granola one. That one. Oh, well, that was one of the layers. Oh, that was layered. That's right. That's right. We had. Uh, what was the other? I think tri- I, said, I say this. Is, I think the first trippy tree we've had on the podcast. Oh, well, maybe on the on the podcast. Maybe I've had a couple <clears throat> um, outside of that. 
Because we've done mainly the layers that we yeah uh, that's that's right that one was layered. Um, I I like this a lot. I think that this is a really good um, overall fruity fruitiness to it. Uh, it's very tangy. Um, it's very it is very candy like. Um, and it it does capture the flavor of a skittle like in in general because if you think about skittles, especially when you're having like a whole bunch of skittles. They kind of have a flavor of, like, every single fruity flavor that you can think of. It's, like, you kind of get, like, all of the berries in one uh, mouthful. Like, and they, they kind of don't differentiate. So, you kind of, like, get a grape, lemon, lime, you know, strawberry. It's kind of all together, kind of mushed up into, like, one big fruitiness. And that's how I – that's how, what I'm getting from the Trippy Treats Skittles. Um, it's, it's very, very fruity. It's got a tanginess to it. It's not super sour. I would say it's more like on the tangy end of sour, which it makes sense because this is not sour Skittles. This is Skittles. If it was sour Skittles, I would expect it to be more sour. But it does do Dude, a really good... Say, I was say, do they still even make sour Skittles? Um, I think they do. They were making them... They actually made a Halloween version of sour Skittles where like you weren't sure if it was going to be sour or not sour. It was like the mystery one where it's like it might be a regular Skittle. It might be a sour Skittle. You don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a really good beer and you know, if you're used to the, the trippy series or used to, um, sours, like I will say that th this is m quite obviously a gimmicky sort of beer. Um, you know, infusing candy, using a lot of adjuncts. Um, however, I don't hate it. I like the idea and I think this is a really good rendition <clears throat> of a Skittle. I like it a lot. Um. It's very good sour. It's very smooth. I do like the fact that on the sours, whether it be the trippies or the layers, that they do have like a big mouthfeel to it, you know. Mm -hmm. Heavy, silky, you know, depend you know, kind you know, milk sweetness, sugary, lactose taste to it. It's really good. You definitely get, you know, like a nice candied taste to it, you know, nice you know, like a nice shell tasting to it. Um, it's, it's a great idea, and I think this works really well. It's great, too, because when you think about Skittles, you know, when you have a lot of them in your mouth, they just taste like Skittles, you know. <laughs> when you have one at a time, you, you know, trying to discern, like, whether or not they each taste different. They don't, but, you know. <laughs> but I like it a lot. I think it's really good. I would say give it a try. Uh, it's definitely worth the money. It's worth the investment. Um, I look forward to seeing what the Pink Star Pierce one's like, too, because I think that would be really great, too. And if to see them kind of, like, if they were to go through and do a bunch of different, like, Star Wars-flavored ones, that'd be amazing, you know? Yeah, I'm really I curious. Mean, I mean, I would say, like, there's... I think there's only, like, out of all the sours that we've had, we've had, had quite a bit, like, up to, I think, 15 now. Of uh, beer trees like sours, there's probably only been one so far that we haven't cared for. Mm -hmm. So, I you know I can't speak highly enough. I think you know their quality is renowned and they do a fantastic fantastic job. We come up with very unique and good ideas. So yeah, I mean, I I'm, check it out. I'm curious about that the pink starburst, and I, I think like they've they've definitely left it open too for um for multiple types of beers because. That one's specific to Pink Starburst. Like, it's literally just going to be the Pink Starburst 
uh, infused into it with like vanilla. So you're gonna get a lot of strawberry and you're gonna get a lot of vanilla, and they can they have left that open um, using the adjunct of like every single different type of Star Wars make a new beer, you know, and then uh, it's it's a great idea. I think like a lot of beers are uh, 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 breweries are starting to do this type of adjunct beer now, where they infuse like these um, either candies or cereals or uh, various nostalgic things, and you know. Is it a gimmick? Yes. Does it work? Absolutely. Of course. Like, you know, in our... That's like... I, I would say that's like the sour's greatest strong point, though, as a style, is the fact that it's gimmicky. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all of gimmicks are great. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't knock them uh, for, for doing a gimmick like that because it definitely taps into something, like I said, like a FOMO. You don't want to miss, like, the next installment of it. Um, if you, you know, and I think this has been kind of going uh, throughout. Uh, like, beer, beers have become m- more in line with, like, the FOMO style of, like, labeling things like a number. So it's your IPA number 12. And you're like, oh, man, but I missed 11. Like, and it just, you know, it causes you naturally if you're like a connoisseur to be searching for that next one, because you maybe don't want to miss out on this very limited opportunity. Maybe they're smart and they didn't actually release 11. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> we started from, at 12. <laughs> you know, they jump, you know, they skipped over a number. So be like, Oh, what about this? Oh, the brewery truck, you know, the brewmaster was getting ready to release the batch, but but I'm I'm absolutely guilty of that of of saying like see like going scanning the menu beer menu like oh yeah that IPA looks oh wait number twelve I've got to get that why do I need to get that I don't know but I feel like I'll miss out if I don't get this number tw- you know <laughs> beer trees IPA number twelve it's stupid it you know obviously it works but it works it works it totally works it 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 works on the OCD in people and. I don't know. It's just, it was a smart move from from beer analysts. We need to go down to Beer Tree too because they have a cream ale. They're light and then ultra light. But also, here's the one that's even better, which is hard to beat because it's cream ale. They have an Oktoberfest. It's a Fodor aged Oktoberfest mm-hmm. with maple. Right. Yeah. It was, it's it's it? aged in the Fodor barrels. Yep. With maple. I know it sounds really good. I wish that we had gotten it because they did can it. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did can I, it, but um, I don't. I don't think that uh, our our areas got it, unfortunately. Because I was I was keeping an eye out for that because that was my that was my second uh, interesting Oktoberfest for this year. Look at it. Uh, the first pictures with that and a slice of artisanal pizza. Which, mm. by the way, uh, one of the things that life can kind of you know, take the artisanal out of is pizza. Uh, most of you fuck it up with the things you add to it. Like, try this artisanal pizza with a canned jelly tomato sauce and walnuts and arugula. No thanks. Put that in the trash where it belongs. <laughs> it doesn't belong on a pizza. Right. Stop it. But, yeah, I saw that and I was like, ooh, I that know. could be, you know, really delightful. Or a big letdown could be like could, ulti- could be the, ulti- the ultimate Oktoberfest. <laughs> I know. All right, 
It's time. We've got to talk about it. Halloween ends. Talk about what? I don't know. I've forgotten about it already. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, but I'm definitely, to be honest with you, haven't forgotten about it. So in, in a way, they did their job. They got us to talk about this quite a bit. Um, Halloween Ends is a very divisive movie. And I think that it's divisive for the wrong reasons. So let's start out with this conversation about do people understand what David Gordon Green and company and when I say in company, I mean the three other writers that worked with David Gordon Green. Because this movie has four fucking writers to it. Well, I would say two others because Dan- him, David Gordon Green and Dan McBride have been credited for all three of them. So. Sure, sure. But it still doesn't discount the fact that it had four people sitting in on the script writing process saying, yeah, keep that, keep that, keep that. So, but But let's talk about this idea that... People have been, you know, the the really big fans of Halloween Ends, which is fine if you're a big fan of it. I don't care. I don't care. Okay, great. I'm glad you liked the movie. But the really big fans who are saying, if you didn't like Halloween Ends, you didn't understand it because it was meant to be like a Halloween 3 season of The Witch. Because it even shares the the title credits, the same font as Halloween 3. I don't think that that idea is lost on anyone. It certainly wasn't lost on us that it is a film that is similar in scope to Halloween 3 where you have um, the movie working through a plot line that really doesn't have that much to do with Michael for a lot of the movie. However, the fact that Halloween 3 was successful has nothing to do with whether it had Michael or not have Michael in it. Um, the movie was successful because it can stand alone on its own, and it's still a pretty good movie. Halloween Ends, I would argue, is not a good movie, whether it has Michael in it or not. You you need a, to have a good movie in order for it to be able to stand on its own and say, "Hey, we we're going for something different here." And I I think that they you know they they made an attempt to change things up, and that's fine with me to change things up because the rope slasher uh, genre is very very specific and it does not leave much room for um, experimentation so it's fine that they experimented I would just say ultimately Halloween Ends is just not a good movie period it is not a fun movie to watch whether it has Michael in it or not even if Michael was in it and this was Michael going through the whole the whole movie it still wouldn't have been a good movie and that's my biggest issue with Halloween Ends is that it's it's not a good movie regardless of whether it has Michael in it, doesn't have Michael in it, was going for a Halloween 3 type of throwback. It doesn't matter. How, how do you feel about that? I think if they kind of stuck one way or the other. Like, I'm fine with the, the film overall if it wants to distance itself from away from Michael Myers. It makes sense. Timeline-wise, the man's like 70 years old. Or when it shows in this movie. So, I mean, like, to, to shift away from that, I'd be totally fine with. The direction that they were going with, I'd be totally fine with because it makes sense. It's like the next logical step if you want to wear, you know, the first two films in this, you know, offshoot went to go. To kind of, if you want to bring new blood into the franchise. My problem is... That's poorly executed, a muddled mess, 
takes forever to get to the fucking point. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the fucking point, you go back to square one for fucking the last 30 minutes of the film, and it all becomes entirely pointless. Yeah, and I think, so, the idea that this film has ushered in, like, another person who is corrupted by Michael's evil, I think is is actually okay as a storyline. Like, that's fine to have uh, another person corrupted. And I actually was thinking that the movie was going to go one step further, and that this Halloween, because we're now four years after the events of Halloween Kills... You know, everybody's kind of gone back to their lives, but Michael Michael Myers is still at large. He was never really caught. And Haddonfield has now had a deal with the fact that um, now they've had Michael Myers strike. And they not only did not succeed in stopping him, but they also caused the death of an innocent... Well, I mean, a guy that had nothing to do with Michael Myers, for one thing. And they kind of created a mob mentality in in the town. They caused a lot of damage. And I thought they were going to go one step further with this and say, like, the evil has now proliferated through town. And that, like, this Halloween night was going to go fucking crazy. Everybody's going to go apeshit. You know, that there's this proliferation of evil that has kind of seeped into everyone's bones. And now they can't really um, participate in Halloween without this craziness. And and I, I thought that would be interesting, too, to get back to the Halloween 3 illusions because... That would be a movie without Michael Myers that would still be steeped in the lore of the Halloween franchise, but also have a way to get outside of the normal Michael Myers mythology. So it would be very much like Halloween 3, where you do have a new event that's taking place on Halloween that doesn't have anything to do with Michael Myers. Um, So I thought they were going to go with that. Uh, especially when I was, you know, when the first part of the movie where you see like Lori going to the grocery store and she encounters the woman that um, was stabbed in her house uh, in Halloween Kills and uh, her husband was murdered and basically like stabbed like multiple times in front of her. Um, they like confront Lori and they're like, Lori, this is all your fault. For a sidebar, it's not Lori's fault. I don't know where <laughs> they got that idea that it would be Lori's fault because it, what she burned just, her house it, down with Michael Myers in it. I don't really understand their. Their it's ideas. Just, as I say, it's just uh, film, you know, film talk. Like, you mm-hmm. know, somebody that you know is clearly not, like, at fault. And everyone's like, yeah, the piece of shit caused this. Right, yeah. right. It was some fucking podcasters who provoked Michael. It had nothing to do with Lori. She was just basically creating a compound in case Michael Myers ever got out. But anyway, but they, like, confront her at the grocery store. And they're like, it's your fault that he, you know, did this. And so I thought that that was kind of like that 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 start of like oh look at how the evil is spread like now that now no one trusts each other like that evil is kind of proliferated throughout town but that's not what they do they they focus on one particular person this Corey and I will admit I thought that the intro was a very good intro to this movie I thought that he did a really good job of setting this up with a nice introduction almost almost like a you know like a scream like introduction um, they had a, you know, a nice character study of Corey as a babysitter who is taking care of this kid, you know, basically, uh, makes a mistake, gets locked into an attic as the kid's like playing a trick on him and then kicks the door open and sends the kid <laughs> flying down the, down the, uh, stairwell. And, and, I and, laughed and, so and, goddamn hard. And, and, where, where, where's Tommy? <laughs> and to be honest, it, and not only that too, but. The way that the that is shot, where 
he falls down. You see him fall down <laughs> past the camera and then pop back up because he's like ricocheted off the ground. It's a really good touch, to be honest with you. In a wow, that was funny and traumatic sort of way. But um, in th- th- to be honest with you too, David Gordon Green does a really good job of initially showing the pan of the stairwell and how large it is because she calls up to him at one point and he doesn't respond and she like looks up and the camera pans up and it's like holy shit this is a fucking ridiculous rich person stairwell yeah four like four stories yeah. like what the hell like what's they, the point they do a great job of like setting that up like look how far he's going to fall <laughs> you know <laughs> um <laughs> like oh i wonder how far it's going to fall if they <laughs> yeah you're not thinking that at the time but afterwards you're like i'm glad they showed us the depth of that that staircase now we know how far he fell but i i thought that they did a really good job with this intro and i was really invested in this intro of, of this Corey who's going you know basically did something accidental now has his entire life ruined because of it thought it was a really cool idea however when this the movie begins to continually focus on him in his life and how he's you know endlessly bullied and um, basically you know caused by society to sink into his lower depths of of uh, self destructiveness and and outwardly destructiveness, I thought that it's, it was really overstepping the um, capacity for this movie to actually make a statement. And not only that, but I don't think that anyone really cares about this character as a person becoming like Michael. I don't even think that people care how Michael became Michael. And that's one of the reasons why Rob Zombie's movies are not, you know, that, you know, not that well liked because we don't care how, how Michael became Michael. And it's not even interesting to um, surmise how that happened because Michael is a, an interesting character because he isn't a character. And we've talked about this on the show, of course, before. But for me, Michael is an interesting character because he he has no capacity at all for any human feeling or understanding. He is almost not human, He, but he is a human. And that, I think, is really interesting about the original Halloween, that he, we have a, a void of a person and that he does not really have any outward personality. He doesn't have any, you know, thing that you can see as a human perspective. He just is a killer and he hunts and that's pretty much it. And that's what makes that that scary and why Michael Myers was originally just um, referred to as the shape because he was just a thing that exists in the world that probably shouldn't and is a void of what should be humanity. But in in Halloween Ends, they the writers try to explain how someone might become that evil and i don't think that that is um effective to to try to explain how like someone could be corrupted so much to become like michael because it doesn't first of all it doesn't even really make sense in the scheme of the original halloween uh like like you said what did somebody like you know like on the street like grab michael myers as a kid and like turn him evil It, it it doesn't really mesh with what we see in the original Halloween and not only that but like I don't feel like Michael Myers would ever be a, like a mentor figure for another killer it it doesn't like he would be like why bother 72 year old Michael Myers sitting around like no 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 you gotta hold your knife like, smoking a cigarette like, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like it's just it's silly to me to think that there would be 
like that we would care about how a character turns like Michael because I don't think that there's scariness in the fact that like society was really mean to this Corey um, and that made him evil especially too because if you think about how society is today society is going to go oh that's sad so what are you going to do to stop that I, I, me what the fuck do you want me to do well, that's, I'm I'm not fucking doing anything about that. Not my problem. Right. Walk away, you know. You all know social workers get paid big bucks to handle that sort of you thing. You know, like, like, oh, that's sad. He was poor white trash. Yeah, so what are you going to do is uh, you're going to take him away from, like, Sherry Moon Zombie's hellhole and do something about that to make his uh, circumstances better? No, no, fuck no. Maybe no, even no. give him, like, you know, lunch money at school or something? No, fuck no. no. Why does no, that kid no. get free French no, toast no, no. sticks? No, we don't do that sort of thing around here. <laughs> you know, so, like, and again, like, like for me, too, I think the mystique in Michael as a character, the shape, is the fact that he's the shape. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what's cool. Who the fuck cares if he's Michael Myers? It's He's the shape. He's evil incarnate. Why? Mm-hmm. Why does he do what we do? We don't know. There's at a, least in the at least at least in the first you know right, and film. we have to discount all the rest of the films too because they didn't happen in this trilogy. Which makes which thank God because if the, if you were running with the shape idea, like, well, he's Lurie's sister and Sanweem and other Celtic nonsense and gibberish and blah blah blah. Paul Rudd, you'd be like, oh God, but like you know going back to just like original and then you know kills and then this like okay fine i you know the whole again like the whole idea of like moving on like the first as you said the first 10 minutes of this film that whole opening setup i did like a lot i thought that was really interesting because i was like where are we going to go with this michael's nowhere to be found you'd expect somewhere in that opening for michael you know it's been a year since you know He's supposedly been, you know, dealt with. What's going to happen? Is he going to jump out and kill the kid and the babysitter? Is he hiding somewhere? What's going to happen? Doesn't happen. So it's like, okay, we got something here. And it's an interesting idea. And it's well done. And then they just kind of meander on after. Yeah. Like that whole, like that whole fucking... Hey, 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 all you high rollers out there, welcome to KWRP Hanfield's number four, Rock Radio. It's 2022. How many of you are still listening to terrestrial classic rock radio? No one? Hey, let me tell you every three seconds about the story of Michael Myers and how he raped and pillaged this town. You know how everyone's killing themselves over this these days? Let me keep telling you about Michael Myers. <laughs> As we listen to this great song from your favorite classic rock band, Black Sabbath playing Iron Man. The, uh, stupid. The, so stupid. The inclusion of the radio station, I, I, I don't really understand, to be honest with you. I don't, it's I, I don't so know stupid. why it was such a big part of this movie. Why you would have... Like, not only the radio station itself, like, a visit to the radio station, the billboards behind, everybody's listening to it. Like, what fucking teenage kid is listening to talk rock stations like that? It just doesn't even make sense. It's um, so out of touch. Like, it's like, it's a trope that's been used to death in yeah, like, horror it, films. But it's like, it's like, what are you, like, what? 
what are you doing it for? Like, you know. Yeah, and it's shouldn't like, it be like a podcast? Is it is it like a throwback to the fog for some reason? Like, is it, you know, I I just don't know what they meant by it. Like, why was it such a big deal? And um, it doesn't. It just doesn't really make sense at all to me. It was. Just I just a kept thinking. Moment. I just kept thinking of the Death Wish remake with like, what do you think about guns in the town and people getting killed? Well, I think they should be killed. That Sway here, Sway's here in Detroit, telling you about all the things going on in Detroit town. You afraid of, you white and you afraid of getting killed by some dark person? Come down here and we'll give you the talk. Yeah, I mean I don't I just don't really know like it just I don't know. The radio station part it was definitely a, like a weird offshoot to me. It's, it reminded me of like the, the you know the movie Tales of Halloween, except in that movie at least it made a little bit more sense because it, she was narrating it to us. Like here, the 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 radio station is just like a an off offshoot of whatever the fuck they wanted to do with this, but it doesn't really like what is it like society r- creeping into our our homes or something? I, I really don't know. Um, a really weird inclusion, but but I think like the other thing with ends is that it does have a lot of issues with operating outside of normal reality, like it just. It's it almost sometimes feels like we're in an alternate universe where characters act in like weird and unbecoming ways. Um, I saw this mentioned uh, by another person, but I think it's worth repeating. Um, for the entirety of Halloween 2018, we see Laurie Strode um, freaking out about Michael Myers potentially getting out of a like high security mental institution, right? He's he's there. He's there's no indication that he's ever going to escape. He is being moved on Halloween, uh, but it you know there's no indication that he's ever going to get out. And she's freaking out. She's already built a compound. Then he does escape, causes tons of mischief, sends her to the hospital in Halloween Kills, and um, basically is now at large for four years. And she's like now living her best life, saying. Here, let's celebrate Halloween. Hey, Allison, why aren't you why aren't you going to the Halloween party? Everybody should oh, just live life like normal. Oh fuck, fuck, I forgot the pumpkin pie. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, it's she's, she's hey, like, Alice, Allison, how come you're not getting deep dicked by that guy down? This- <laughs> <laughs> Apparently she's had a complete mental change. It has a really well, great therapist. <laughs> well, that or Jamie JLC is getting that deep dick because that's like the message of you know. That's the message of the film. Like, listen, if you got someone nutting in your butt, you're, you're off and running. She's got the old sheriff, like, making goo-goo eyes at her. And then she's like, yeah, that Corey guy, he is weird, but, you know, hey, I, you, you need some dick. I mean, I love how Jamie Lee Curtis is basically an amped-up version of her character from Christmas with the Cranks, Nora. She's she's basically like the you know Halloween version of Christmas with the Cranks Nora. She she's like she's wearing sweaters, bakery. baking apple pies, putting up Halloween decorations. Honey ham. Yep, yep. And she's like really off the charts here. But but again, you know, I, and I don't think that's Jamie Lee Curtis's fault. I just think that the writing is really suspect, and that like all these characters now moved on after four years, and they're like fine, even though Michael Myers is at large and like no one knows what the fuck's going on with him. Well, that's funny too. You mean to tell me for forty fucking years she was 
you know, went through jujitsu and like marksmanship school, created a compound to like, you know, defeat Michael if he ever got out. And then after he's, you know, unsuccessfully detained in the last film, she's like, you know what? It's time to move on. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. It's My like, daughter's it... dead. She got stabbed. But you know what? It's time to start making pumpkin pie. Absolutely. And like, I like how Allison, too, has like moved on. She's like, yeah, my dad's dead. I don't care about him so much. But Karen, I did like Karen. Because um, that was like a big thing in Halloween Kills, too. Because at the end of Halloween 2018, her dad gets killed by Michael Myers. And that Halloween Kills, they kind of like deal with that for a little while. Like, dad's dead. Uh, but in here, like, they don't even mention him. So he's like an afterthought at this point. No, no one cares about whatever his name is, Paul or something. I can't remember what his name was. But, <laughs> but yeah. Poor, and, da- poor dad. The, yeah. I guess the other thing, too, that we that no one was asking for in a Halloween movie was to have, like, basically a little rom-com going on, too, between Allison and another guy. Because that's kind of what happens in Halloween Ends. She um, she meets Corey because he comes into the hospital. Uh, he's been he, – he, he accidentally broke a milk bottle in his hand, glass milk bottle. Uh, sent you know glass Which, into it because he was being bothered by a bunch of seventeen-year-old uh, shitheads. Not only that, two things. One, where in twenty twenty-two are you buying fucking glass milk glass bottles? Milk, yeah. Wait, yeah, wait, like a it, small YooHoo bottle, I guess. Like not even they're plastic. Like, where, like it, where's that coming from? Two. Why is he being bullied by like? Seven years his junior fucking band geeks. Marching band be, geeks. Like, is that supposed to be like turning on it on its head? Like, you like you know like subversion. Like, usually it's the jock, but today are, are it's, marching it's band the ner- geeks cool now? <laughs> like, like well, no, because it's they're the nerds. So, like, I guess, you know, right? it's the, it's the nerds who you know said Halloween kills sucks. I'm gonna show them. You know, is that what that is? And Margot, like the one timid one with the curly hair and the overalls, like is like. Well, I guess it's not that bad. It was okay, but it's not that bad. What the fuck is that? Like, yeah, it's so stupid. It is really <laughs> stupid. I don't know. I don't. I, it is funny, like, because it's pretty clear that, like, the guy that plays Corey, um, Rohan Campbell, could probably easily beat the shit out of all of those kids. Wouldn't be in band either. Maybe. Yeah. Not only that, they have, like, a 1988, like, Oldsmobile fucking. That thing would be, in Illinois would have been rusted out for days. If it's you know what the way his father talks to him, it's no wonder why he hates his son because that's what he's given him in Illinois. You know, as his like starter car, he's set up for failure. He's it's just, so yeah. it's so weird too. Like sometimes the film seems to operate like outside of time. Do you ever get that feeling? Like sometimes it's like stra- it's just Stranger Things. Yeah, just sometimes like, you know, it's like, sometimes it's you know obviously very. Um, uh, very uh, like contemporary, and then other times it has like throwbacks to like the eighties. It's just really weird, and it had like anachronisms. I don't know. It's just odd. And another thing that I, I just didn't I, like I, about this movie. I think it's just because that's you know becoming like you know culturally like you know like people do have like you know I guess the young youths in the cities. Maybe not around here as much because we never we never stopped wearing our mullets proudly, but you know they're bringing it back, you know. And same thing, like so. I think like that kind of stuff, like you know Gen Z's, like oh this is so cool. 
This is so awesome. I guess. It is a pretty I... fierce mullet that that kid has. But if anything, my, what I'm curious about is the gentrification of Hanfield in 50 years. Like, it goes from suburb town to crack den hellhole city. You know? it's a, <laughs> like yeah, it's it, made a massive uh, blossoming here. It's crazy how big it's gotten because even in Halloween, Halloween Kills kind of made mention of it because they kind of like did a cityscape view and they're like, look at how boring Hanfield is. It's like, this fucking town is like the size of Boston. How boring this town is? <laughs> like, seriously? And then Halloween Ends kind of makes it even bigger. And the, the weird thing about Halloween Ends, too, is that it makes the city really big. And yet everybody runs into the same fucking person in the grocery store, at the quickie mart down the street. Well, How are you it's guys? Like Bo- it's just like Boston. Yeah. It's that bar is Cheers. It's Cheers at Haddonfield. It just does. It's like everybody. Yeah, everybody goes to that same fucking bar. There's only one bar in Haddonfield. This dive bar that everybody goes to. And not only do you get like the woman, the the mom of the kid that died in this bar. But, like, then Dad comes at some point. Jamie Lee Curtis goes there sometimes. shooting some pool, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, (laughs) it's weird because Haddonfield is huge, and yet it's also extremely small, and there's only, like, six actual people that that are around in it. Is that the same bar that, like, Anthony Michael Hall and them were at, like, in Halloween Kills? Doesn't seem to be, but maybe. Like, because, well, it's not because Lindsay's in this one, and Lindsay wasn't a bartender in that other bar oh. uh so i don't think it was it's not the same bar but where's that bar how come they're not going there everybody went there at in Halloween kills why aren't they going to that one and then also let's talk about Lindsay, uh because she gets kind of short shift here she doesn't really get much to do at all like i like how the film kind of puts kyle richards at top so, somewhat top billing and then Lindsay just around a couple times like plays tarot cards and serves some beer at the uh, the bar and yeah, doesn't really get to do anything nice, else. Got that nice goth haircut. Yeah. I'm like yeah, let's go. So, do you do you find that you have interest in this whiny kid Corey, who, you know, obviously had a, a something bad, tragic happen to him in his life. He goes from you know normal, normal, fairly normal guy to killer. Do you do you find that an interesting pers- perspective in this movie? Um, like again, this, like a, I guess I'm I'm saying too. Had this not been Halloween movie, would that be an interesting perspective for a movie? I mean, it wouldn't be because if it's just out of the blue. It wouldn't make sense. So the fact that the evil's going from Michael, per se, to him is the hook. I just think it's poorly executed. You know, the whole, like, again, like, the whole opening intro of, like, you know, watching him have his downfall. That's interesting. Where they go after that is, like, the most, the weirdest mishmash of Psycho and Christine you know, like ever, because his mom, like you know, his his mom's basically like Vera Farmiga and fucking Bates Motel, like, oh honey, stay away from those evil women, and then you know, kisses him on the lips, and you know, him getting teased by you know, K 
kids he should be whooping ass on. You know, his timid nature. It's... It, like, it's weird. I think, like, if anything, they should just focus on him more and not have these little jaunts off to the side with Lori and Allison. Like, he is our protagonist, but I think you should have focused more on who he is and, like, how, you know, how his life has actually been after that incident because it's so, like, we get... The parts are so short. We don't, you know, it's all kind of hinted at. And then the whole nonsense with Michael of him slowly becoming corrupted is nonsense. Because in my head, when we were watching that whole when he gets dragged through the drain pipe underneath the hobo bridge, in my head, I'm thinking, this all has to be a fu- like he's had like a schizophrenic attack. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to go to. It's like, oh, it was just all in his goddamn head. It's all just, you know. He's, you know, he's schizophrenic. He thinks he's Michael Myers, which at the end of the day, would have preferred that. You know, have it, you know, the corruption just be something like that. Because at the end, having him hanging out with Michael in the fucking sewer and like having a couple of wrestling matches with the old man and then taking up the mantle (laughs) only for it to be, you know, like, you know, just... I I actually forgot about that wrestling, like, random getting thrown around in the sewer. Yeah, they're having, like, a Greco-Roman wrestling match. That's so stupid. It's just just stupid. It's like like having an abusive dad that you just keep going back to in the sewer. But, you know, and having him take up the mantle of Michael and then it be so short just for fucking old man Michael to come around to get, you know, pinned to a goddamn coffee table like he's Christ and then thrown the wood chipper is just so fucking stupid. It's just stupid. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I think the idea of having, you know, Michael Myers be Pennywise in the sewer is just such a silly, like, I don't know how that got past producers. like, we're gonna put Michael in the sewer. He's been living in the sewer for four years. He's been, uh, you know, he's been hanging out with his homeless guy down by the sewers, and uh, so, randomly just he, killing people in Haddonfield every now and then. Any kid he sees walking around, yeah, he's just like, oh, float down here, George. <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, he's got like that hook from like the stage, you know, like on the stage <laughs> from the sewer. Uh, but he's just been living down in the sewer, and you know, looking his, you know. Looking his age here, seventy years old, and hanging out, and then you know, no one can hear his like you know wheezing because he's got like a, a contusion to like, his lungs. It's like uh, right out of straight out of Hey Arnold, the wheezing ad episode. It's like <laughs> sewer Michael <laughs> wheezing Ed, and but but yeah, then then here comes Corey traipsing along, and the comes it goes it gets pulled into the sewer randomly, and then. Michael's sees into his eyes that he's experienced all of these things, and he's like, "Yep, this kid's gonna be I get, evil." You, this really hits me where I live. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking like it's so silly. It's it's it it goes right past being like interesting or societally impactful about the themes of like society creating monsters, and goes straight to silly. And I don't know if we're supposed to take it seriously in in that like oh like hey you as the viewer you might have you might have played a role in creating an evil like this uh or if we're supposed to see it more as like hey you as a viewer you live in fear 
don't live in fear, you know. But this guy's an asshole. Right. <laughs> but either way, I think it's really kind of a dumb idea and and um I like like you said, at the end of the movie, everything is reset. Like Corey as a character is dead. We spent like fucking one hour of the movie following him becoming Michael Myers, watching Michael Myers be karate kid mentor to Corey. Um, literally killing with Corey, which makes zero sense to me. Why would why would Michael have any um, desire to share a kill with Corey? Like it doesn't even stupid. Um, Again, that's why the whole like if it was all in his head idea. That right. Would, you know that would be the best because like that would also correspond with that idea that evil proliferated in Haddonfield. That like whether they liked it or whether they realized it or not. Evil had spread because the idea of Michael had now become more than just him literally being a man killing people in town. It was that people were seeing him around corners, were thinking about him. He was clouding their life, even if he wasn't there. You know, he might even be dead. They don't know. In four years, he was 72 years old with an asthmatic problem. You know, <laughs> you know possibly had uh, some sort of, like... Uh, COPD issue um, he might be dead and he's still f- impacting the way that Haddonfield works I think that would have been really interesting that we just see him as like a schizophrenic break um, but that's not the case it's all quite literal and I think that's really where the film goes wrong and I I don't like that we get back to the status quo at the end of the movie and we kind of like center back around Michael because it really feels like that they they've taken the sails out of the um, the the battle between um, Laurie and Michael because by that time we we don't really I don't really care that much to be honest. Well, with Well, I was gonna say t- I I'll agree with Red Letter Media on this. They were talking about it, how they had four writers and how the the part they hate, even though they enjoyed the film, which I I disagree with, but they would say the ending's awful. And the biggest detriment of the film, because it definitely feels like somebody stepped in and said, like, well, how are you going to get Michael back in here? Mm-hmm. And this, the last, like, 25 minutes of this film is, well, we got to get Michael back in there. Mm-hmm. You can't just fucking have, you know, it all be this goofball running around. And so they shoehorned it in. That's why, like, I, I would agree with that. Like, you know, they if maybe, you know, Danny McBride and... Uh, David Allen Green are like, oh, this is what we're going to do. And they're like, well, either, where the fuck's Michael in this? Gotta have Michael. You know, like the Akkads are saying, and they're like, okay, well, we'll think of something. Yeah. And that's what we got, you I, know, because it's... I mean, I, I've seen some people say, like, well, at least the battle between Laurie and Michael was climactic. And I was like, it really wasn't. I really no, didn't we got think that, it was. We, we got that in 2018. No. Right, I would say that the battle in 2018 was a lot cooler because you had three generations of Strodes taking on Michael. Like, if that was how ends had ended, if that was the main finale, that would have been like, bravo, you know? That that was, yeah. that was great. That was like a culmination of everything that we were working towards. But in this case, like, they blew their load right in Halloween 2018, and they had nowhere to go. And I would say that the the this finale of climactic battle between Laurie and Michael is not climactic if sometimes it feels really forced because 
we've seen Michael like like we saw in this movie, Michael does the same kill that he does in regular Halloween, where he picks up a fucking nurse and just like slams her against the wall and holds her up there. Like he's, you know, he is not working off of normal muscles or physics that we have. So to see him just like struggle to get off of a kitchen table, uh, is just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense here. Well, if, like, she stabs him, like, twice in the chest and he's pinned down, he rips his one hand up and starts choking fucking Laurie. Right. You know? It all it all seems like, because we, in literally in Halloween Kills, we saw him grab a guy in the face and pop his eyeballs out. But, like, he struggles to choke Laurie out. <laughs> you know? Like, no, but I say, but, say with the DJ, he grabs him by the fucking head, smashes his head, and, you know... And rips his jaw off. Yeah. It's, and, and, I mean, like, I will say, I, I think that the gore is all right, but it's, like, also on the extreme end of brutality, which I think is getting towards ridiculousness. Like, especially, like, with having the the tongue or the his tongue to flop around on the record player <laughs> that was <laughs> funny <laughs> but, i mean i think it gets like to to the extreme end of ridiculousness on that but but like it doesn't really make sense when it comes down to like the battle between michael and Lori because he would obviously win that battle um and you know he that he's well no did you see how she like like was like perfectly like jujitsu kicking and sweeping the leg <laughs> like in those like in those like the, like doing the shots where they're struggling and then all of a sudden like she's on the ground and then they make sure just like we can't show Jamie Lee throwing a kick so like here's like her foot just going like poof like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like you know, sweeping the. Lo- she took some Rex Kwando classes. This is what I saw. Like, su- breaks the wrist every time. Sweep yeah. The leg. Sweep the leg. I mean, I just I didn't really think that that final ma- uh, battle was climactic because I, f- I felt like it was kind of ridiculous. And then also, um, I, like just having him his slit his throat and his wrists, have him bleed out was not really climactic to me. I think that even so, at the at the end of the movie expecting that the whole of Haddonfield is going to come out on ho- on this Halloween night to um, watch as How rude. Michael How is rude. paraded down the road. How rude. Like, oh, I got a nice steak dinner tonight. No, we got to throw Michael as a town into the wood chip. <laughs> you know. I know. Hold on. Honey, we can't go tonight. They, pull, they pulled a, a National Lampoon's vacation, strapped him to the <laughs> roof. <laughs> The sheriff comes back. We hadn't seen him all fucking film. Sh- shows up. I know. And actually, I thought that was a fever dream of mine. I was like, was he there? I don't even... <laughs> I don't even remember. Was he there? I don't know why they had him come back just that one time in the, at the end of the movie. Like, they just had a bunch of people come back because they wanted to feel like we had done, like, a nice circular, uh, succinct... Uh, end for, to this movie like they had Julian come back too like the kid from the from the from Halloween 2018 uh, but I don't know I it, it was all extremely silly to ha- to to expect that this town is gonna like parade Michael and the cops are like this is an extremely legal and definitely the right thing to do throw this it's like throw this guy say, in wood chipper it's like the fucking hey Ar- speaking of hey Arnold, the hey Arnold episode on the subway like let's all hold hands here on the subway. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've been stuck here in the dark for way too long. Like, that's all that, like, you know, that whole thing was missing. Was, you know, everyone singing the kumbaya as they threw into the wood chipper. I know. Uh, well, what I wanted to bring up 
is the fact that we don't really get much of a carpenter score either. No. There, it's it's a pretty musicless movie for a good majority of it. And I I, th- I think John probably wrote a lot, and then when Cody was watching it, he was probably like, "No, we can't use that." I mean, I feel like this was a, a what if, trend. What, what if what if we did this here? No, we can't do that. I feel like it was a trend <laughs> with these movies, though. Like, because Halloween 2018 had an epic score, it had a lot of Carpenter's um, music to it, and it had a very great, surprising score. And then Halloween Kills kind of lessened that to an extent, didn't have as much. And then Halloween Ends seems like tapered off even more. Um, and I do attribute that to the fact that, like, I think that the Carpenters really didn't have, want to have as much to do with this one. Um, I think, too, because while they want to sell you the fact that they had a trilogy in mind, I don't believe it. I, I don't believe, and I I have a really hard time believing that Halloween 2018 they they were like yep this is we're this is where we're working towards and Halloween ends because it does not feel like they work towards it at all it doesn't feel like they had any inclination even maybe at the end of Halloween kills I don't know that they really had an anticipation of what happens in Halloween ends and if they did then that's even worse that they did such a poor job working <coughs> toward the ending of this trilogy I don't think they did because of the simple fact that they had different ancillary writers the entire time. Like, yes, yeah. we had David Gordon Green and Danny McBride for all three films, but each film had a different co-writer on there, so I think... It's it's really unfortunate because I feel like if they had blocked out a trilogy, it could have been a lot better. Um, there were there were avenues to get to where they wanted to go, and I think they did some good in their um, reiterations of Halloween. Like, in this movie, I think they did a good job of like that shot of Corey behind the behind the bushes that was straight out of you know the original Halloween it's a cool shot um and they they in like Halloween 2018 had tons of odes to the Halloween series but I feel like they ran out of steam and they just didn't know where to go with this and not having it blocked out as a trilogy really hurt this movie um hurt Halloween ends particularly because I don't know that they knew how to end this. And I think that they ran into a wall with Halloween Kills, didn't know where to go from it, and then they, they had to kind of pivot. And it feels like they just didn't know what to do. And that's why we get this really, really disappointing conclusion that doesn't really even feel like a conclusion. It feels like a cop-out to me. Um... Anything else that you wanted to add that we didn't already discuss? Uh, how did you like uh, Allison being a big fucking dummy throughout this entire film? Uh, she's so annoying in this movie. She um, she succumbs to the traits of a person that has to be unrealistically in love. <laughs> well, yeah, and and not, not seeing all of the red flags. I mean, like everyone in this movie talks about how they saw Corey and they're like, this guy's fucking evil. I saw Corey one time. He was a nice guy. I saw Corey the next day. He was fucking evil, man. Like the, the guy that was the kid's father talks about him. He's like, I saw him on the street. Looked like a nice kid. They saw him again the next day. Oh man. I didn't want to talk to him anymore. But did you, then you have Allison here and it's like, Lori, 
Grandma, you're so you're so mean. You're saying he's a killer. You're saying you have a intuition about him. That's so mean. She's an annoying character, and she has to um, have an. She has an unrealistic writing to get her to this point in the movie. It, uh, it it's stupid. It does. It's and and kind of unnecessary because her love interest in this. Uh, like towards the, the end of the movie, really, it makes no difference. I think that having her be this stupid um, kind of negatively impacts how she was portrayed in Halloween 2018. <sighs> all right. That's that's all right. That's that's all I got for Halloween ends. It was a very very frustrating think, watch for me. What'd you think of that nice intro, though? That the is intro good. is nice. I like the pumpkins. I like the the like because you know thematically it makes sense you have the pumpkin forcing through the other pumpkin um which is like the rebirth of pumpkins the rebirth of halloween the rebirth of michael myers is another character thematically i like it uh i like the 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 style of it um and i like that all three of the movies kind of stuck with that idea of like having the pumpkins take center stage there you know as they did in the halloween series in the original halloween series um so I did. I did like that. I thought that was a good, uh, good uh, inclusion here, which is unfortunate. That probably one of my favorite parts of the movie was just the the credits. <laughs> that doesn't really bode well for a good movie. I had the nice Halloween three font too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like the I like the intro. It's not that I I you know I dis dislike the fact that they went in a different direction. Of course, it's that the direction that they went in was just trash i think if they just kept it simple it would have been like you know better like yeah, if, keep it simple like guess you know keep it simple stupid like if you know have it if you're gonna have it be about this new michael have it just be about him don't add in grandpa michael showing him tai chi down the sewer just keep it simple it would have been even yeah. kind of cool, too, if we really didn't know about Corey and we all just thought it was Michael continually stalking them and it ended up that it wasn't Michael and that they actually found Michael, like, dead in the sewer. And it it, it ended up being not Michael and it's like, wow, you know, there it truly is no end to evil because it can still exist, it can still proliferate, and that one person can still spread it as a virus. That would have been. But then you'd have to then you'd have to pick out somebody from the previous two films that were thought to have been killed that would have had a reason to have been evil. Sure, which is I fine. Don't... I think they could have done that. But well, I... no, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying that's not a fine idea. I'm saying I don't think they have the fucking memory for that. They'd be like, who could we have picked to be this person? Yeah, you know? I mean, I if just... that was the, I say because if that was the case, then that's what they would have done instead of creating this new character from you know a year later. Yeah, I I just like again that new the the idea of the new character tells tells me they did not have this planned out. That this was just another they're like oh shit, we need a third film. What do we do? Otherwise, it would have been Allison at the end, right? Like, you know, how could you be Michael? And it's like, bah, bah, bah. it's yeah, it, it would have been. I I think it would have would have gotten t- closer to what they had been saying in Halloween Kills about how evil proliferates, it's hard to kill, you don't just kill it. It still lingers. And 
it morphs and becomes something else. But I don't, I don't like that we had to meet this character, find out all of his issues, and then eventually see that he becomes a killer. It's, it's, it's over the top, way, way too on the nose, and um, the themes are not as, as uh, you know, as strong as they probably thought they were going to be. What do you think of? The tried and true, uh, having the main character be writing a book about this at the end. Of course, you need that. Of course, because she has to narrate the whole fucking thing. You know, referring back to the you know the first five minutes of like after we get the title cards, it's just Halloween. Just a nice like recap of everything. No, it's it's uh it's really lazy. I think lazy storytelling of having the exposition basically just given to us. Um, I, I did not like that at all, but that we had like her doing a narration. It's, it, it doesn't work very, um, very different and, and completely tone deaf from the rest of this, the franchise. Where I say, where's the angry people from like Halloween two with Malcolm McDowell being like, you shyster. These people die, and you're sitting here selling a goddamn book. <laughs> and he's just like, "What? I gotta make money." <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I thought the the whole narrative idea was was not good. To be honest with you, there's not a whole lot that I actually liked about Halloween Ends. And one of the big things that I will point out too is that it does not feel like Halloween movie. It doesn't feel like the the atmosphere of Halloween at all. And that's one of the things that in our previous retrospective of Halloween movies, we kind of pointed out in certain ones like, Oh, like if you remember Halloween H2O, that movie's not very Halloween either. Like it doesn't have a lot of Halloween mood to it. And Halloween ends has even less of that. Like you get that opening scene of kids trick or treating. Um, you get the Halloween dance that they do. They go to at one point. And all other than that, like you might not even know that it was Halloween unless they tell you with that, with that card that says October thirty first. Because other than that, like we don't see Halloween as a um, event that's taking place at the same time as Michael coming home. So, yeah, you know, I, I think, think the if, only thing they give you is like pumpkins occasionally. I think if I, I say, I think if anything, this film teaches you incels don't worry. You go to a dance with a pretty girl and you start having a seizure on the floor like an asshole. Um, she'll still want to suck your dick. So <laughs> don't worry about it. Just do you be, have a Do you have a bike? Then you're going. You know, just be you. You know. Yeah. No. <laughs> Which that that was hilarious too. Like you know, hit like her like straight just being like, I want to fuck you, and he's like, I don't know if I can. I got my motorcycle, and she's like, Oh, I want to. I want to ride that motorcycle and she's he's like i don't know it's pretty new and i don't want to get in trouble <laughs> <laughs> you'll just get me you'll just get me in trouble <laughs> yeah it's I, I don't know the whole the whole movie was very disappointing to me um but i did i had low expectations so i can't really say that my expectations were um you know, completely dashed because they were so low anyway to begin with. But like I said, because of the 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 way that this movie turned out, the lack of Halloween events in it, 
I will not be returning to this. Any like it's not going to be one of those movies that are like, uh, you know, even though I don't really like it, it's still a Halloween movie, so I'll throw it on during the season. It's barely that. I don't. I don't see myself returning to it. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll even watch Halloween Kills more than Halloween Ends because I did when I, when I was watching that. I did. I I can't say that I didn't enjoy it. Um, I don't think it's a good movie, but I I thought it was fine. Um, and and I guess that is probably the most damning thing that I can say about Halloween Ends is that I didn't even really find it to be a fun movie or like I didn't enjoy my watch at all. I thought it was. Um, most of the time boring, um, frustrating, and ultimately just not a fun Halloween movie. What about if you compared it with Halloween 2? Well, it's been a while since I've seen Halloween. You're talking about the Rob Zombie Halloween 2? Of course. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it, So I would, and, and I only have only seen it one time, so I would need to watch it again. You only um, saw it the one time we did it for the podcast? Yeah, that was it. Oh, wow. So... I would need to watch it again to really give a definitive answer on that. You listen to some rockabilly horror. Yeah. <laughs> go, go into a party. Yeah. All right. So I guess we got to give Halloween Ends a rating. So on a scale of 0 to 10 uh, nurses fucking their doctors, <laughs> what would you give Halloween Ends? You forgot the most important part for a promotion. What's that? For... For a promotion. Oh, yeah, for a pro- fucking for a promotion. That's right. Yeah. She got it. Yeah, she did. Oh, she's the charge nurse now. <laughs> I'll give it a five and a half. It's, it's sad to see because I do think there are some interesting ideas in this film, um, especially compared to Halloween Kills, which even though going the tried and true route didn't, you know, was not enjoyable. Well executed. Uh, that being said, even though there are some nifty little ideas and thinking about the concept of evil, having the shape kind of be able to move from person to person to usher in this new Michael Myers, this new shape, uh, they kill them off. They kill them both off. It's all wrapped up in a little bow. Uh, so if, when the next sequel comes around, it's going to be another reboot. Um, our characters for the most part are uninteresting and uninspired the story's bland Uh, though Corey has potential to be interesting it comes across as a very bastardized poor man's version of Christine and Psycho Uh, there's a lot of like little homages throughout the film to other Carpenter films in slasher films, but they're not. It's not really anything that's interesting. Um, nobody in the film really carries, you know, any weight. Is interesting. The kills in the film are very bland. Uh, only one that's kind of really fun, and that's the one where he, you know Corey takes the blowtorch and fucking turns the kid's head into a pumpkin. But you don't really get to see see that. Um, I will say the one nice thing is watching basically everyone who does get killed in this film, which there isn't a lot, is everyone who is bastards. So it's all bastard people getting killed, except the one, the one girl that's with the group of band geeks. You kind of argue isn't really a bastard. She just hangs out with assholes. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like you know, it's just not like an interesting film. 
it's not well executed. You can tell as you watch this trilogy that it was very slapdash. Very, you know, kind of conceived on the run after the first one. And I think if they actually took the time to kind of plot it out, it would have been interesting to see. Because, again, as you said, too, one of the issues with Halloween Kills is the fact that Michael's fucking the Terminator. And he's just trudging along, murdering everyone at 70 years old. And then in this one, we get Michael in the sewers eating rat shit, playing around with poo. (laughs) (laughs) And it would have been more... Again, even though it would have been cliche to shit to go the route of, like, it's all in his head... I think that's the only thing you could have done to make everything kind of connect together is because if you really want to have Corey be the next or somebody be this next incarnation of the shape, this new incarnation of evil, the interactions we have with Michael and he has has to be hallucinatory to make sense. Otherwise, it's just masturbatory and that's what this is. So, I mean, five and a half. I've, it's not an awful film. It's not, I don't, like I said, I wouldn't find it bastardizing because, again, I like, even though I do like ho- the Halloween franchise and films within it, it's not really anything that's groundbreaking and, all, you know, has this long, beautiful history and storytelling. So I don't think it's like a bastardization of the franchise or anything, but it, it is a boring, slow burn and a mess to an end of a trilogy that started off with such great promise. So I, I, sorry for the long rambling, but I'd say five and a half. Yeah, I would, I'm going to give this one a five. I thought that this one was, I mean, it's clearly watchable. It clearly has production values. It clearly is not a badly made movie. It is just a really frustrating movie, especially for fans of Halloween. I, I, even, even if we were to, really just say okay yes this is a movie that was intentionally going for a style to to break away from the normal halloween mold like halloween 3 it's still not a good movie on its own it's not a good movie to watch whether it has michael in it or not and i don't think that they really had anything planned out for ends and that's pretty clear when you watch halloween kills and they kind of just like go wild with that one it's crazy to me how much this series has suffered throughout the trilogy going from a pretty good movie to a pretty poor one and how they were really just able to um, manage to muck it up so much is really quite interesting and I would be interested to see the the full scope like a truthful retelling of what happened with with this trilogy um, because I, I really think that Halloween ends is a very poor conclusion to this trilogy and it does not do a lot to um to give michael a good legacy um and i would be interested to see if we do get another halloween movie after this i i i tend to think yes we will and i kind of think that they're going to kind of start over it's kind of going to kind of be like the dc uh comics where it's like uh remember that last one that we had <sighs> didn't happen <laughs> uh we're just going to pick up wherever we feel like um, in this, and I think that's that might be what they do with the next Halloween. But I, I, I don't think that we're we've seen the end of Michael Myers. I think that we've seen the end of this trilogy, and I, I am very um, disappointed with how David Gordon Green and company were able to end this. But 
Um, with that said, I, I think that they did a good job with Halloween 2018. I think they did a good job putting in a few Easter eggs here and there along the way um, within Halloween Ends. It's just not a good movie, and I will n probably not revisit it uh, for a long time because of just how much I did not like this movie, sadly. All right, so that's our coverage on Halloween Ends. You're f feel free to let us know if you disagree. Um, you know, send us an email. Say how much you liked this movie and why you liked it, why we got it wrong, um, you know, why we didn't understand it, stuff like that. Would would love to hear from you. Um, I, th I think I think it's like, again like to kind of reiterate like it's it's. It's just an example of, I think, people in Hollywood being too insular and thinking too, like, well, how can I make this groundbreaking? And they had this fucking, you did too many trips of, you know, tabs of acid and smoked too much pot along the way. Just fucking keep it simple. Like, it's, it's Halloween. You, no one's expecting you to come up with this new cosmic story of, like, how can we get, you know, from A to B? Just keep it simple. Mm -hmm. You know, and th like, you know, thinking people are going to be like, oh, this is going to be such a great idea. And, and you know, you're, you're too far out of touch. Like, you know, just keep I it simple. Agreed. Yeah, we didn't need something extreme uh, or something that the goes... The deconstruction of, the, of, like, the franchise. Exactly. Exactly. Alright, so that is officially the end of our Halloween coverage. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed. Um, we are going to take a week break and come back in two weeks with a new episode. Um, I'm not sure what that will be yet. Do you have any ideas what you want to do? It's going to be like in between our Thanksgiving episode. So, any ideas what you what you want to do? Could be a lot of uh, interesting things we could do. Sure. I think it might be nice to go back to uh, nice spaghetti western. Ooh. Little spaghetti before your Thanksgiving turkey dinner. Mm-hmm. I like it. A little spaghetti. That sounds good to me. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to pick a nice one out. Pick a pick something tasty. Nice spicy meatball. Oh yeah. Um, all right, so yeah, so that we'll we'll uh, we'll have a new episode up for that in two weeks, and then after that, we'll come back for our Thanksgiving episode, and then move on to our uh, holiday season, where we're gonna cover a bunch of uh, you know holiday stuff. Um, somewhere around there, we should try. We'll probably try to get in like the the Santa Clauses, which is a, <laughs> a new show slash movie that's coming out for the you know Disney Plus. I don't know. The release date for that, I think it's going to be six episodes, and I think they're releasing the first two on that Thursday, November 17th. So we're going to have to wait a little bit before we, because we're probably going to, you know, we, we would watch it in full and then do the do the podcast on it. So. We, we can't do that. Why? Uh, Judge Reinhold, number one. He's not in it. Nope. Damn. Uh, Martin Short is also not in it. So, that's strike two. What's the point? Mm. Might as well just do the Santa Claus all over again. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, we'll we'll do our holiday season and we'll do our four or five or six episodes on uh, Christmas. Christmas. Don't stuff. you just want? I said, don't you just want to hear Tim Allen go? Oh look, here comes Santa down the block with a pants. <laughs> <laughs> I can refer back to the original Santa Claus for that one, which I do. Popo, popo, zizu. I probably watched the original Santa Claus like two or three times during the seasons. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our our Halloween episodes. We hope you appreciated it. Hope you appreciated Halloween ends more than we did. Um, and did, uh, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with that, we uh, we uh, encourage you to go listen to us on pretty much any podcasting app that you can think of: Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Homebase at Anchor FM, uh, Spotify, or uh, Good Pods. Uh, subscribe to us and leave us a nice review. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for us on there, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Uh, we have an email address at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. Write to us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, we'll take that into consideration. And also, you can donate to us at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bloodandblackrumpodcast. Uh, that all goes back towards beer, so we truly appreciate what you can what you can donate. Um, again, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed our episode on Halloween Ends. And we hope to see you back in two weeks for our new episode, uh, pro- probably a spaghetti western. So, until then. Take care. We're doing Beethoven, actually.